Okay, this dog is digging. Skeeter! And he's going to unplug the recorder if he isn't careful. And he's not careful. (laughs) He's like, you cannot tell me what to do. We should post some photos of him, I guess. Yeah, it was a a whole, a listener asked for it. Yeah. Do you see this? Do you see what I am dealing with right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's really cute. Skeeter. Kisses. 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 Oh. <laughs> Make love not war a skeeter. What a little cutie pie. I know he's such a cutie pie. Oh. Michael. Yes. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's like the first nice day of the year. I know. I was so depressed yesterday. And then this morning I woke up and I went outside to throw something in the trash and the sunlight hit my skin and I was like, I am awakened. My little serotonin, I imagine it like a water balloon, like filling up with water for the first time in a long time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's It's been bad, but now it's now it's better. Yeah, yeah. Did you go on a walk in the woods? Didn't walk in the woods. I've been pulling. We have some sumac saplings. Mm-hmm. So we're pulling those up because because uh, they're ugly. Um, yeah. Do you have full-grown sumac in the area? There's some. Just so you know, you can make, you can dry the berries and make them into a tea that tastes like lemonade. Really? Okay. Yeah. You should look it up before you do it because I can't remember how important the curing process is. You know, some plants, it's like yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. give you indigestion if you don't cure them properly. But yeah, it really tastes like lemonade. It's quite delicious. Wow. Okay, great. Yeah, no, this is the first yeah. day we've done yard yard things. So mm-hmm. it's been nice and uh, getting outside. Anything else to report? Anything else going on in your life? Do you have your hair in a pony right now? No. In a bunny. In a claw. Alligator clip. Yep. Oh, uh, I was going to talk to you about having my old Havruta come on the bonus app and do a little sugi for us. So. Oh, yeah. That sounds great. You got that to look forward to. Hell yeah. Um, I don't know. That's about it. How are you, Hava? Baruch Hashem. I'm well. Yesterday I was crappy, as I mentioned, but today my brain has been rehydrated by the sun. Things have been really pleasant recently because my boyfriend got moved to a less stressful role at work. And so he's been in a really good mood recently, and that's very infectious. You know, I'm just just doing my best, just getting along. Excited for upcoming classes, playing video games, working on fucking slide decks, you know, researching menstrual laws. Slide, oh, oh, okay, slide decks. Slide decks, yeah. So when I first started teaching Talmud, I referred to them either as PowerPoints or slides, like a normal human being, but I feel like everyone in the teaching world calls them slide decks now. And oh. I have been infected by that terminology. It feels kind of broy, like a broy consultant. I know, like it would be like a Silicon Valley kind of thing. Show me your slide deck, brah. I need it for like the big investor presentation or something. Yeah, right. This is just like that. But yeah, things are things are mostly good here. Things are mostly good and stable despite all that is transpiring in the world. Oh, 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 oh. Let me see. This just came in. I just want to see if it's at all appropriate to read on the air okay what is it a text oh from your haruta no 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 oh for the line Mm -hmm. well we don't just read random texts on the air i don't know why not it's a text from a hi how are you listener i mean if it's appropriate i know i know but we read there's an order to these things Mm. 
I've been slowly, methodically working through our backlog of stuff. Well, okay, that's fine. I'll just let you know that it contains some fun words like derogatory, anti-Zionist, conversion. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like a little bit even possibly, even if we did just randomly read texts on the show, it sounds like possibly a little bit too much to bring up without addressing. It's very juicy. You should include this, though, because I do want listeners to know that... I do methodically work through all of our messages and texts in an orderly manner. We are trying to get to all of your questions in a time-appropriate way. Yeah, let's get to the one for this week. Yeah, let's get to the question for today. Okay, here it is. From a curious pet owner. Growing up, I remember being very distraught when I learned that many Christians believe that animals have no soul. What does Judaism say about the souls of animals? Do animals have souls at all? And if so, how are they similar slash different to the souls of humans? As always, Michael, I I like to first open up the floor for your hot take completely uninformed by text. Unless you secretly have studied something about this that I don't know. I want to flip it on its head and think like objects in the universe only have souls because they are of a lesser status than the objects that don't have souls. You're saying soulless objects are of a higher status. Yeah, maybe. Maybe like a... Like a telephone is better than me, is what you're saying. You're saying that an NFT of Donald Trump uh, is better than any human being, is your current I, theological no, argument. No, no. What I'm trying to say is that if you're, a, <laughs> if you're an object that can conceive of yourself as having a soul, then you haven't, like fully liberated yourself yet then you've lost the game yeah basically you've lost the game so like animals i don't know maybe like manatees and like dolphins or horses what manatees but like skeeter absolutely not does not have a soul look at this animal (laughs) i like that he looks over at us every so often like are you watching this do you see what i'm doing look at me look at me I'm the boss now. I don't really have a smart opinion about soul. I predict you're going to go someplace like, you know, the division between body and soul is really like a modern invention. And Uh, it's not really, you know, that is not I didn't really go too far in that direction. Okay. All right. Where did you go? Well, I went a lot of directions. I also, I will let you all know, I have appended onto this question, do dogs go to heaven? Because when I first started researching it, I like looked at the question once, and then I went to Safaria to start gathering my sources. And instead of going into do animals have souls, I was like, do dogs go to heaven? For some reason in my head, that's what the question turned into. So we're also going to be getting some information about that. Okay, great. Anyway, so first I just wanted to bring a few little bits about what souls even are. Because to answer a question about do animals have souls, we have to know what the fuck a soul is in Judaism. Okay, what is a soul? (laughs) Well, uh, it may be no surprise to anyone that there are many different opinions on this subject, but what I want to start with is just first two biblical sources that mention the word soul and see some inferences we can get based off them. So the first one is Genesis 6-3. So when God said, My ruach, my spirit, my breath, shall not abide in humans forever, since they too are flesh. 
let the days allowed them be 120 years. And again, another Bible verse, uh, and this one is Leviticus 17.11. Ki nefesh habasar ba'adam hu, wa'ani natir lechem al mizbeach lekaper al nafshetechem, ki ha'adam hu ba'nefesh yechafer. For the nefesh of the flesh, for the soul of the flesh is in the blood, and I have assigned it to you for making expiation for your lives upon the altar. It is the blood as life that affects expiation. So the inferences that I'm making here is that in our first verse, in the Genesis verse, we have sort of two interesting propositions. One is that the Ruach belongs to God, the soul belongs to God. It says, my Ruach will not abide in humans forever. And two, whatever it is, it is the force that animates humans. You know, when the Ruach is gone, then the flesh is no longer animated. Yeah, it is, it's interesting that it says 120 years. That's in Genesis, but people live longer mm-hmm. than 120 years. Yes. As I love to say and listeners hate to hear, that's a whole other episode. Adam and Eve are walking around as zombies after they turn 120. Twist. Zombie Bible. Okay, and then the second one is nefesh. Right, and this one is specifically talking about Jews not eating blood. Kosher meat usually always is, I say usually because I'm not sure if it's always salt that's used to do this, but usually it's salted to remove the blood as part of the process. Probably there are other techniques people use now in addition to salt, but kosher meat doesn't have the blood in it, and it's at least in part because of this verse in the Torah, which says the nefesh of the flesh is in the blood, and the nefesh is meant for making expiation on the altar. Blood is meant for sacrifices, so we don't eat it because that's not its purpose. Okay, so you can kind of take from the kashrut halacha, you can define soul as life, right? You can just say that soul is life, and we determine that life is in the blood, since we're all kosher, and we don't eat the blood of animals because the life is in the blood and the soul is the blood, so it's all one and the same. You can kind of go that way. I mean, I'm basically saying in the first verse, it seems like God is sort of implying that there is some essence that animates all beings that is transcendent, or at least that animates human beings that is transcendent, Mm -hmm. and it won't be in us forever. Mm -hmm. And then the Leviticus verse is saying there is some essence in animal blood that is transcendent on some level because it's used for this metaphysical purpose, and it has all this importance to Kashrut law, which is not really what our pod is about today. It's just to say... What I think we can conclusively say based off of these two verses is there is at least some kind of soul in animals, right? There's some kind of transcendent element that animates them, and that's what we know so far. Yep, 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 yep. And you could even probably drosh that from, like, all the impurity laws out there, too. Right. In which case, many, many things have souls, like... Mm-hmm. Many things mm-hmm. that aren't alive have souls because of their various status of being clean or impure. But I'm probably taking you down a rabbit hole that you didn't <laughs> want to go down. It is a different rabbit hole, but it's an interesting argument. I'm not sure that's the direction I would go with it, but I think there's a discussion to be had there. But instead, we're going to have this other discussion. Astute listeners who are familiar with Kabbalah may be familiar with this idea that Kabbalah has that the later Kabbalistic rabbis had that there is sort of 
several different souls. You know, a lot of people may be familiar with the teaching that on Shabbat, we get sort of additional soul or an additional portion of soul. And the later Kabbalistic teachers sort of got into breaking down a taxonomy of the soul. Weirdly, in Talmud, I am going to bring some Talmud sources, but just not yet. There is not very much about the difference or similarity between human and animal souls. There may be some sources that I just couldn't dig up, and if you find them, listeners, I'd love to see them. But Talmud didn't have as much to say on this as the later Kabbalistic teachers did. In the Tree of Life, Rabbi Chaim Vital, who was living in the 16th, 17th centuries, said, Now Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama are the interior of man, as mentioned above. The Neshama shines in the brain in the head of man. The Ruach is in the heart, and the Nefesh is in the liver, flesh, and blood. Know that all three of these aspects are also in the head. The strongest in the head is Neshama as it is mainly in the brain. Ruach is in the nose, and Nefesh is in the mouth. Therefore, everything mentioned is in each and every aspect. So, Chaim Vital, I'm sure this is not the earliest source of this coming up, but he's bringing us this sort of classic teaching, at least partially based on the idea that there are three words used somewhat interchangeably for soul in Torah, which are Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. So they're sort of coming at us with this mystical taxonomy that we have sort of three levels or parts of souls that are fulfilling in different functions and living in different parts of our bodies. Okay, tripartite soul. Got it. Okay. Yep, classic Kabbalah stuff. So I read this awesome paper called Not All Dogs Go to Heaven, Judaism's Lesson in Beastly Morality, which I highly recommend. You can find it free online by Googling it. But there was this lovely quote Rabbi Moshe Chaim Luzado, commonly referred to as the Ramchal, a very influential Kabbalist and philosopher of the 18th century, wrote that in fact animals do have souls. The Ramchal asserted that one type of soul, nefesh, that man has, exists the same in all living creatures. It is this animal soul that is responsible for man's natural feelings and intelligence. Okay, okay. Well, that's in line with the Kashrut laws and the Leviticus line that you uh, cited, too. Yes. So at least one part of the tripartite soul is considered by a pretty authoritative source to be present in animals. Okay, and this source generally agrees with the concept of the tripartite soul? Yes, they are pro-tripartite soul. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So we're right now we're in the tripartite soul communion. Yes, and, you know, we've partially answered our question. There is at least one pretty authoritative stream of Judaism that definitely agrees that animals have some kind of soul. And, you know, there's not a Jewish pope who can just tell us in our Vatican III letter what the real definition of the soul in Judaism is. So questions like this are hard to answer authoritatively. Sometimes I envy the Catholics for, you know, kind of... For their certainty. Well, at least for coming to some sort of consensus. I know it's, a, it's <laughs> often a political, right. you know, it's like any, any right. decision, whatever. But, you know, I do appreciate uh, that. I feel like popes used to be so much cooler, like, in the Medici times when popes were just, like, fucking wild as hell having people assassinated. Bring back that pope situation. Actually, don't. I feel like those popes were pretty rough on the Jews, but, you know. There are TV shows where that happens, and it's fun. I think we could take a page out of the Catholic book on a few things. We definitely need a monastic Jewish tradition. Yes, that's the real thing. Okay, so now I want to change tack a little bit and bring us this little sugya, 
which the DAF I did not write down. I forgot to write down the DAF I got this off of, so I'm sorry to everyone. But there's this really cool story that I felt was somewhat relevant. Here we go. Akla lahu ushpiza romo le sha'are le chamore la achal chavatin hu la achal nikrain hu la achal amalu tilman la maaserin aserin hu u achal amar eine zo holechet la asot ratson kome u atim machilin otat veilim Rabbi Pinchas happened to go and stay at a certain inn and he put his donkey. In the, I'm paraphrasing here because Talmudic phrasing is very complicated and brief. So he put his donkey in their little stable and they brought it some barley and it would not eat. And so they sifted the barley to make it more fine and still the donkey did not eat. And so they separated the chaff from the barley and still the donkey did not eat. Rabbi Pinchas said to them, maybe it's because you didn't tithe the portion of this barley that you're halachically supposed to tithe. And so they tithed it, and the donkey ate. And Rabbi Pincha said, This poor animal is going to perform the will of its maker, and you are feeding it untithed produce, you absolute buffoons? Oh, okay. Yeah. So one, this is just a fun story. This is a episode all its own, honestly. In this story, Rabbi Pinchas is on his way to do some ritual obligation. That's what the thing means about being on the way to do the will of the maker. So, yeah, I brought this because I thought it was really interesting to bring this concept that donkeys have some level of righteousness. You know, some donkeys are like, just eat any produce, and some donkeys are like a little more highfalutin, and they only eat produce that they know has been halachically handled. Interesting. Maybe donkeys can do mitzvahs. Right, or at least make moral decisions of some kind, which I feel like is a big factor in how we understand souls today as maybe being an important prerequisite for the ability to do ethical or unethical things. Mm -hmm. uh, it just reminds me of what I brought from like Bavacom or something in a bonus up about property damages caused by animals. It was never the animal that was responsible. It was, oh, always, the person. The, it was always, the, always the person. Right, right. So this definitely complicates something. Yes, yes. Also, I kind of wonder, is this a joke? Is this Jews making fun of themselves in the right, Talmud? Right, And then, of course, there's a whole thing with Balaam's donkey in the Torah. That's a whole other story where a donkey does some, like, spiritual stuff. Yeah, this is actually, there's a whole little section on this daf, which I wish I had written down the number of. Hopefully, I'll find it between now and when we post the episode about various righteous animals. So, there's a whole category of righteous animals. That's just like, I brought it to sort of throw in, um, if you remember at the end of the last Kabbalistic quote we brought, we have Moshe Chaim Luzado saying, it's this animal soul that is responsible for man's natural feelings and intelligence. So I sort of read that with a squint doing my best to be sort of like the soul that we share with animals is like what people often today refer to as the reptile brain. You know, it's like our instinctual soul where our instincts come from. So I brought this Talmudic narrative as sort of a, something to complicate that idea because I think distinguishing between tithed and untithed produce rises a little bit above the level of the alligator brain. Although you could just say maybe Jewish donkeys just have a sense of smell for 
untithed barley, and it is instinctual. So the last and final source I want to bring is from Bavakama 38B. This is actually the first source I found in this whole journey, and one that I thought was very sweet. So, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba said that Rabbi Yochanan said, The Holy One, blessed be they, does not withhold reward from any created being, even a reward for pleasant speech. And this quote very specifically uses the word bria, just a created being, a thing that has been created. To me, it would seem if we read it in partnership with the donkey story that the donkey probably got like an extra bale of hay in donkey heaven for that you know what was the part about speech even the part for pleasant speech it's just because pleasant speech is being used here as a sort of like this is the very least you can do is to speak pleasantly and god still gives a reward for that ah okay okay so at least Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, I think they thought that animals potentially get some kind of reward, which implies that they can do good, implies that they are possibly capable of doing things worthy of rewards. Okay, but basically what I'm saying here is dogs can go to heaven. Well, okay, hold on. You, <laughs> dogs can be rewarded. Dogs. Right. We don't know if dogs that reward have souls, is heaven. Perhaps they have a third of a soul, at least. <laughs> right. But we don't know if they're resurrected in the world to come. We don't know. I would say it's more like they have one out of three souls. Each soul is a complete soul unto itself. Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, yeah, but they're a third of a soul. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How terrifying would it be if all the animals were actually resurrected? <laughs> and a zombie animal army. Do you know how many mice that would be? How many nematodes? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be terrible. You don't want to live yeah. in that world to come. That's I mean, terrible. I'm assuming in the world to come, it's going to be worked out. Okay. You know, All I'm right. assuming God has the technology to deal with infinite animals. All right. Okay. All right. That's fine. God has like a TARDIS or something they can all go in. Speaking of, I just saw this great TikTok the other day that mm -hmm. was like of all the animals getting off the ark and the polar bear is like, what the fuck? Like, where are Can you draw me off the North Pole? And they're like, no, just get off. We're all here. He's like, this is the Middle East. I can't survive here. Oh. It was very funny and made me think about that situation. <laughs> Poor polar bear. I know. And penguin, too. Yeah. I mean, all many, many animals would be shit yeah. out of luck. Yeah, that's true. So, dear listener, this has been a sort of scattered collection of sources because there's not one big authoritative heavy sukya that I can bring in. But my basic answer lands on a definitive yes. Animals do have souls. And a definitive question mark, what's up with those souls? Where do they go after death? What is their reward? Is there a punishment corresponding to that reward? Are all animals capable of righteous action or only donkeys? Those are all question marks. But the yes. soul, I would say we left with a strong yes. Today. Yes. If you narrowly define soul, yes. Which is something I think should be narrowly defined. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. That was fun. That was it. Great. Okay. That was a fun little jaunt. You all are wonderful, beautiful angels. If you want twice the Hi, How Are You you're currently getting, <clears throat> then become a patron and you can get an extra episode every week. 
and it's incredible and they're directed by michael mostly so they have a really special and unique flavor to them yeah i love them i love being a part of them and yeah y'all are awesome we will talk to you all soon shavuotov shavuotov